Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to Podcast Master. My name is Ben Green. I'm a podaholic and audio nerd, and I've been making radio programs and podcasts for close to 15 years. This is the abridged audio version of my ebook about starting up a podcast or making your current one even better. The ebook's also called Podcast Master. It's published by Canelo Books and it's available for Kindle and Kobo, Android and iPad, and you can download it from Amazon and everywhere else you'd expect to find digital books. The text version has even more information in it, as well as footnotes and links, so I highly, highly recommend you check it out in addition to these podcasts. This is the third episode in the series. If you've missed the previous two, head back to iTunes or your podcasting app of choice right now and listen to them first. Now, though, it's time to talk about growing and monetizing your podcast. In spite of its undoubted popularity and skyrocketing audiences, the hard truth is that podcasting is unlikely to make you rich. Yes, there are some success stories out there, but from the outset, it's probably in your best interest to aim no higher than covering your costs. Whether you've decided to splurge a couple of hundred quid or bucks on some new fancy recording equipment, or you're hiring out a professional recording studio, or using an outside presenter or freelance producer, your podcast should not become a money pit. The good news in this respect is that podcasts are, certainly when compared to video, relatively inexpensive to make and extremely easy and generally free to distribute. Put simply, the better your podcast becomes and the more you grow your audience, the more chance you have to make some cashola. We'll return to the money side of things later though. First things first, how do you get your podcast noticed? The best advice here is obvious. Work hard. It really can take years to become an overnight success. Also, don't be afraid of making mistakes, but always learn from them in order to improve. If you're an amateur who's podcasting for the first time, you're not going to be great right out of the gate. This initial startup phase is when you should be experimenting with your format, your tone, your guests, your contributors. Even if you have some podcast or broadcast experience, a soft launch will do you no harm in the long run. Record a few trial or pilot episodes, get some feedback from people unconnected with the programme. It's not until you're sounding objectively good that you should release your sounds to the wider world. You really don't want to scare off potential listeners and advertisers by letting them hear something undercooked. Even then though, it may take around 10 shows to find your groove, so don't be too ambitious to begin with by overcomplicating matters. Focus on doing the simple things well, such as getting the sound quality right, and remember that many of the best and most effective and engaging podcasts are just a couple of people talking into a microphone. No more, no less. But even before you release your first episode, you need to spend some time thinking about more practical and logistical matters. What's your show going to be called? How long will it be? How regularly will it come out? How can listeners interact with the show? Will it be explicit or suitable for everyone? Will there be a theme tune? What will your artwork for iTunes and other podcasting platforms look like? Will you have a dedicated website or blog or just use a Facebook page? All of these things are important and you should take time considering each one. Naming and SEO. A crucial consideration for your title is search engine optimization. SEO is the ability for users to directly search for your show by typing in particular keywords. 
The Guardian opted for the Football Weekly, Science Weekly and Tech Weekly style for precisely this reason. Similarly, Kermode and Mayo's film review does exactly what it says on the tin. People can easily find it on Google and locate it within iTunes by searching for the host names or the phrase film review. In comparison, The Tuesday Club is a brilliant football podcast presented by the comedian and actor Alan Davis, but you'd have trouble finding it when searching for the most obvious keywords, Arsenal, football, Alan Davis. So when coming up with a name, have a look around at other podcasts in the same category on iTunes and balance up the need to be impactful and eye-catching with SEO requirements. Also factor in what the title sounds like when it's said out loud, which you're going to have to do a number of times each episode to build the identity of the show, at least initially. For example, I worked on a short series of podcasts about pregnancy and early parenthood in 2014, and in doing research for the title, I found shows called The New Parent Podcast, good, Two Peas in a Pod, clever and cute but terrible for SEO, Baby Time, just horrible, Birth and Beyond, good to say out loud but poor SEO, Well-Adjusted Mama, absolutely no, and the Healthy Bellies Pregnancy Podcast Series, too long. In the end, we went with the My Baby and Me podcast. It ticked all the boxes, it sounded inclusive, especially for the female audience we were targeting, and it was easy to say, and crucially, it had the word baby in it. Having said all this, however, there's nothing SEO-tastic about serial. It's a homonym, and it tells you nothing about the content beyond an implication that it's episodic. And still, the show's been downloaded a mere 90 million times. I guess the lesson is then, be good before being enigmatic. Length and regularity. When it comes to podcasts, there really is no such thing as an ideal length. If anything, your podcast should always feel too short. Leave your audience wanting more. But while that's one of the main virtues of this new medium, don't turn it into a vice. Half an hour or 45 minutes is probably what you want to aim for to start with. I've got no problem with listening to long podcasts over a number of sessions, but programmes that are longer than an hour are asking a lot from a listener. Speaking of which, it doesn't matter if your podcast is weekly, fortnightly or monthly, you need to stick to your schedule. Build a habit-forming relationship with your audience and don't let them down. If they're expecting a new episode every Monday, don't go releasing it on a Tuesday one week and then skipping a fortnight before putting it up on a Sunday. Explicit or family-friendly Another wonderful thing about podcasting is that you can swear without getting into trouble with the likes of Ofcom or the FCC. But as with the length of the podcast, don't break the rules just because it's easy to do so. Use your F-bombs and your C-bombs cautiously and wisely iTunes requires you to tick a box for explicit content, and if listeners complain that you're being slack with it, your podcast may be removed. So don't say, I didn't warn you. Music, imaging and artwork. Music will give your introduction added punch and provide your show with a sonic identity. But you can't just use any old track by Taylor Swift for your theme tune. Have a look for royalty-free music for some options. Some of it really is excellent. You could also find yourself a producer who makes music to create you something bespoke, but that won't come cheap. Here are a few examples of how to do your theme tune right. First up, this is Woo Nation with Ric Flair. A man who wears the 10 pounds of gold, the nature boy Ric Flair. You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The 16-time heavyweight champion has arrived. I've got the stop and profile like never before. The greatest talk. 
talker in the history of the business is behind the mic once again. You're talking to the Rolex-wearing, diamond ring-wearing, gift-stealing, wheeling-dealing, limousine-like, jet flying, son of a gun. This is Woo Nation with Ric Flair. I'm the man. Woo Nation is a wrestling show that I find oddly enjoyable. It's bold and it's brash, and that intro does exactly what it should for the subject it's covering. You're listening to By The Way, In Conversation with Jeff Garland. Each week, we have somebody who's in conversation with me. We're in a conversation, and you're there. Like I'm having lunch, and you're sitting at the table with me and whoever my guest may be. So uh, sit back and enjoy, and it's an honor and a pleasure to have you. I love Jeff hey Garland, and I love By The Way, way his podcast. Unfortunately, it seems to be on a permanent hiatus now, but there are 34 fantastic episodes for you to investigate. The jazzy music and laid-back delivery in this intro fits perfectly with the tone of the programme. Next up, this is You Must Remember This. I'll tell you more about this podcast in a future episode, but your takeaway here is that the ethereal, mysterious music and unsettling narration is going to set you up for a journey into the dark side of Tinseltown. Welcome to another episode of You Must Remember This, the podcast dedicated to exploring the secret and or forgotten histories of Hollywood's first century, part of the Panoply Network. I'm your host, Karina Longworth, and this is another In terms of your podcast imaging, go for bold colors and minimal text. Charles Think about how it will look displayed alongside all the other shows on iTunes and other podcasting apps. It really needs to leap out and be easily identifiable. I think the Bugle, Reply All and 99% Invisible are the best in class here. And if imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, you could do well to draw your inspiration from these designs. Websites. A dedicated website for your podcast will make a fine home for your audio archive, as well as providing biographies of your on-air team and behind-the-scenes photos, all of which gives listeners the opportunity to explore and connect with the show in greater detail. Have a look at the sites for 99% Invisible, The Sportful and Startup, which are simple, clean and easy to navigate. Alternatively, you could always set up a Facebook page, and SoundCloud and Acast players both embed in a variety of customisable shapes and sizes within Facebook, as well as WordPress and all the other blog templates. Do bear in mind though that Facebook is an absolute jungle, and your page may very well get lost in the maelstrom. Whatever you do, make sure you keep it updated. No one wants to read a blog for which the last entry is the 6th of March 2012. And make sure it displays just as well on phones and tablets as it does on desktop. Interacting with your audience. A great way of building your audience is using your audience, and it won't cost you a penny. An element of interactivity, like reading out listeners' tweets and emails, is an incredibly powerful way of creating a community, and it makes listeners feel special to hear their stuff read out. And you may find that your listeners provide you with even better material than you've prepared. When you've hit your stride, it's time to use social media to build your base. 
Twitter's your best tool here. Tell your followers the topics you're covering on your next show or that you've got a particular guest on and you're looking for listener questions. Take a snapshot of you and your guest before, after, even during your recording session. Anything to demystify what used to be referred to as the magic of radio. It's essential too that you always listen to your audience. If they react well to a segment or something that you've tried for the first time, stick with it. If they hate a regular feature, then drop it. And if they're telling you the constant chuckles and self-indulgent banter is getting in the way of an otherwise excellent programme, think about tweaking the tone. This sort of market research usually costs thousands. Instead, you're getting it absolutely free. So let's summarise. The best way of creating your audience is giving them a well-produced and well-recorded show that's easy to find, has a great title and an eye-catching logo, and grabs people from the first minute. The best way of building your audience is using your listeners within the podcast itself by including their tweets, emails and feedback. And the best way of keeping your audience is giving them a consistently good and a regularly released podcast that they'll want to keep coming back to. Once you're well down that path, it's time to think about making money. It takes time, dedication and a huge audience to become one of the few podcasting millionaires, but companies are spending eye-watering amounts of money to be involved with podcasts these days, so there's never been a better time to get lucky. The most straightforward way to monetize your podcast is through advertising or sponsorship, and there are a number of options here. Adverts can be pre-roll, before the show begins, so usually the first thing you hear, even before the theme tune, mid-roll, in a break or the middle of the show, or post-roll, the last thing you hear. They can be standalone, clearly defined adverts, or they can be sponsorship reads, where the host reads out a few lines of copy or ad-libs around the text to talk up a product. Companies such as midroll.com in the US and Digital Audio Network in the UK can act as your agents and secure all the advertising inventory for you, pairing you up with the most appropriate brands in exchange for a cut of your profits. And if you host your podcast with Acast, they'll also offer you this service. Presenter-read adverts are an effective and age-old method of radio salesmanship. Ethically, though, they can be problematic as the lines between editorial and advertising get blurred. Always bear in mind that when you're hearing a host talk glowingly about a particular product in one of these spots, no matter how convincing they sound, the only reason they're doing so is because someone is paying for their product to be mentioned there. At present, the podcast advertising market is far more mature in America than it is in the UK. The majority of American shows will be brought to you by the likes of Squarespace, MailChimp, Stamps.com, DraftKings.com, Audible, LegalZoom, Dollar Shave Club, all of these web-based companies who jumped on the podcasting bandwagon at the beginning and have since had massive success with it. They all offer special trials, discounts or free samples if you enter an offer code specific to the show on which you heard the ad. It's an unsophisticated, antiquated system, but I suppose if it ain't broke, there's no need to fix it. That said, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it, and you want to make sure that the product you're hawking fits with your audience. Here are three examples. First, proof that the folks at This American Life don't always get it right. Support for This American Life comes from Showtime. The Golden Globe-winning drama The Affair returns to question what truth really means when it comes to our most intimate relationships. The Affair, Sundays at 10, 9 central, starting October 4th, only on Showtime. And from NatureBox, on a mission to make smart, delicious snacking easy. From pistachio power clusters to Big Island pineapple, NatureBox delivers over 100 choices to your door. To get your first box, visit naturebox.com slash American. I don't think they could have delivered that line with any less passion. For a less lifeless but far more awkward bit of sales patter, 
Here's one of the most famous voices in wrestling trying to shift, well, I don't want to ruin the surprise. Howdy folks, this is good old JR Jim Ross. I want to thank you for downloading the Ross Report. And I certainly want to thank all the sponsors. We've got some great sponsors who make this possible every single week. I think I figured out why all those billion dollar shave companies razors are so darned expensive. It's all that extra gimmick stuff that they add to their razors. Do you really need a vibrating handle? Well, me neither. And that's why I've made the switch to dollarshaveclub.com. They have great quality razors at an amazing price. And they deliver them right to my front door for just a couple of bucks a month. dollarshaveclub.com also has some other great bathroom stuff, like Dr. Carver's Easy Shave Butter. And One Wipe Charlie's, yes sir, I said One Wipe Charlie's, the peppermint-infused butt wipes for men. No joking. Finally, here's Mark Marin. It doesn't matter if he's promoting chocolates or coffee, stamps or sex toys, he always does it in his own voice. Have I mentioned that I think Mark Marin's brilliant? We're sponsored today by DraftKings, who continues to sponsor this show despite the fact that I know nothing about fantasy football. But it's getting to be worse than that, isn't it, people? I mean, DraftKings knew from the start that I had no interest in fantasy football, but it's been two years now, and I haven't made even a modest attempt to be interested in it. I think I put negative effort into it, actually. I probably knew more about fantasy football when we started, which was zero knowledge. And I think I actually know less now, if that's even possible. So it's cool of them to keep sponsoring the show. Lord knows I've been no help personally. But that's the beauty of DraftKings. They don't even really need me. They just need you folks out there who like fantasy football. Because if you play season If you decide that advertising football, isn't for you, then you could go down the crowdfunding the path. The Bugle raised around £80,000 from their listeners when they left the Times in 2012, which more than covered their costs for the upcoming future. That same year, after more than 18 months of making his architecture and design podcast 99% Invisible as a Hobby... Roman Mars asked his listeners for $42,000 in order to fund the third season. If today you pitched me the idea of the U.S. Postal Service, there would be no way you could convince me that it could actually work. I mean, it's not perfect as it is, but the fact that you can put a 49-cent sticker on an envelope and have someone deliver it... He quickly discovered that the people who listen to a design and architecture podcast were indeed a generous and affluent bunch, and he raised over $170,000, which enabled him to hire a producer, revamp the website, and invest in the show. A second Kickstarter campaign at the end of 2013 called upon listeners to raise enough money to make the show a weekly podcast. Targets were again exceeded, and with more than a million dollars pledged, Mars was able to create the Radiotopia network, with 99% invisible, the crown jewel. Listeners feel a strong connection to a show when they know they've contributed directly to the cost of its production. You may not feel comfortable asking your listeners for donations directly, so how about offering them some branded mugs, keyrings, badges or t-shirts instead? In the nicest possible way, podcast listeners, yes, I'm talking to you out there, are often slightly geeky, and there's some serious nerd credential to be had in walking down the street with your favourite podcast logo emblazoned on your chest. At least, that's what I've been told. Mark Marin and Helen and Ollie from Answer Me This also sell merchandise and will happily take donations from listeners, but far more interesting is their approach to their respective back catalogues. Marin makes the 50 most recent episodes of WTF free. Older episodes, and he's got well over 600 of them, cost £1.49 or 99 cents each to download on iTunes, 
or you can access them for a subscription via the WTF app. Answer Me This currently offers over 100 hours of content for free. Their first 200 episodes, however, are behind a paywall. It costs 79p an episode, the same that iTunes charges for a single music track, and there are also a number of themed hour-long albums priced at £2.49. The Answer Me This Christmas album is out now. I hear that's got a load of material that you can't get from the episodes. That's right. So if you want one hour of all new material of us chatting Christmas... At a very reasonable price. Yes, £2.49. Given, given how much the average person spends on Christmas in this country. Correct. Living exactly. It's like the price of a bad card from Clinton's, isn't it? It's less than a dozen volivants from Iceland, <laughs> I believe. Um, then all of that, the Christmas album and the best of Answer Me This can be found on our website answermethispodcast.com it's a very good way of getting your audience to pay the guardian is committed to providing its online content including its podcast for free a recent revenue stream therefore has been the introduction of live events the fastest selling of all of the many and varied guardian events are the live football weekly shows We've performed in front of crowds of up to 1,500 people in pubs, theatres, lecture halls and even a 14th century cathedral and we've done a sold-out Friday night slot at a comedy festival. Live events are a fabulous way to meet and interact with your audience and get them to pay for something different to the normal free podcast. They can be expensive to put on, but the returns are often great. At a Football Weekly Live in London at the start of 2015, for example, we had an audience of 800 people paying £15 a ticket and over £13,000 was taken at the bar. Well, I suppose that's the beauty of having a bunch of bearded 20-something singletons listen to your show. Excellent. All right, well, listen, uh, we're going to take a quick break. You are as well. Uh, Head to the bar. Keep on tweeting your questions to Guardian Live. Hashtag. Oh, and in the second half, we're going to be talking about Champions League, Syria, and rude stuff. To buy tickets for a Guardian event, you first need to sign up to a free membership scheme. The advantage of this is that you can build up a database of demographic data about your audience, which of course can help when you're seeking advertisers and sponsorship. Gimlet Media, home to the magnificent startup Reply All and Mystery Show, also has a membership scheme. For $5 a month or $60 for the year, listeners get the buzz of donating towards their favourite shows, and in return they get early access to new content, regular emails and behind-the-scenes videos from the producers, and, most excitingly of all, a t-shirt. As you can see, therefore, there are many ways to make a buck in the podcasting world. But what you need first and above everything else is an audience. And what that audience needs is a quality show. As the old saying goes, build it and they will come. And that's where we'll end it for this episode. For more information about everything you've heard, check out the text version of my ebook, Podcast Master. It's available now and it's shockingly inexpensive. Next time, I'll be guiding you to the best sounds around in the podosphere and the iTuneverse. I'm Ben Green. You can follow me at GreenBenGreen on Twitter. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.